Well, welcome back. Looks like we're starting to slowly trickle back in. It's not bad. Good to see all of you. Um, we are continuing with the life of Jesus, and we're still early on. We're still early on in what's called the Great Galilean Ministry. Um, and when we left off last week, uh, we saw uh, the Pharisees. We're starting to see the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day who had their own ideas about how God's kingdom should come and how this all should work out start to get their feathers ruffled because of Jesus and his disciples and what he's doing. And last week, we looked at uh, Jesus uh, being, a, being accused, and his disciples basically being accused of being way too cheerful, okay? They're just way too cheerful to be religious. This, this can't be happening. Um, in fact, they, when, you know, they were questioned about, well, how come everybody else is fasting and you guys are always partying? What's the deal here? And, uh, you know, we, heard, we left off with Jesus saying, you know, you, you can't, you, you're going to get your wine skins exploded here. That's basically what he's saying. Uh, and what we're going to see today through these two little episodes, both of which have to do with the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath, we're going to see those wine skins really get, start to get more and more stretched to explosion point. Uh, if you want to think of it that way, to use the analogy that, that Jesus gave us when we looked at the passage in Luke last week. And you notice we're in Mark. Now, these, both of these episodes are in Luke, but I figured let's just change it up. Let's go to Mark. Um, they're also uh, in Matthew. They're in the synoptics, just in different places. But both Matthew and Luke have these right after the issue of fasting. And it's one thing, uh, you know, to not, you know, it's like, it's one thing to not fast, but now you're messing with the Sabbath? In other words, they're seeing him seem to be a little more cavalier about this whole Sabbath-keeping thing. And that's what we're going to see. Now, we can draw lessons from this, and we will, about how we should keep the Sabbath. There's some good lessons here. But for the Pharisees, it had to do more with, who does this guy think he is? Um, it wasn't necessarily you know, is the reading this just about how to keep the Sabbath properly. It was, who is this guy? Uh, who does he think he is and what is he doing? That's the, the driving point of what's going on here. Well, let's talk briefly before we jump in about uh, the Sabbath. Um, we, of course, don't practice the Saturday Sabbath. Uh, since the resurrection, the church is celebrated on Sunday, and we, we call that our Sabbath. Um, but the Sabbath at the time of, of Jesus marked, really, really marked out the Jews, especially from all the cultures around them. There's several things, of course, that marked out the Jews that got people upset. But the Sabbath was one that really irked people. People didn't have weekends, okay? There were no days off for all the other cultures. And here you have these Jews suddenly doing no work one day a week. You're going to stick out and to the point where they would do no work and it would, it would actually mess with the other economies a little bit because they weren't doing what they used to do to contribute to the economy this one day a week. It became a way for them to, to not assimilate to the other cultures and it, and it was basically a statement. Now, God of course gave the Sabbath in anticipation of the ultimate rest, right? Um, 
and it was a it was a marker for looking forward to that and and it was a marker of God's grace and goodness and mercy to people to allow them this this day but what had happened now when Jesus day this thing that was supposed to be a liberating freeing grace-filled time of celebration had become a straitjacket kind of a burden um, We'd taken something as a privilege and made it into a burden. Uh, we're good at that, by the way, all people, not just Pharisees. Okay, we're, all, we're all good at that. I always have to try to remind students of that. You know, we take a privilege, like education, going to school, and turn it into a burden. Um, and that's what had happened with the Sabbath at this time. So, um, we can think of things like that, right, where we've taken Sunday and made it, oh, Sunday, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, great. Uh, one of the things we wanted to try to do when our children were little was make them, how do we make the kids look forward to Sunday? Instead of the day of, oh, it was a day of, oh, Sunday. You know, how, how, do, how do you do that? Um, well, you know, there's, there's you know, we're, I don't want to get into all that, but it's, it's, it's to get away from that idea of, look, when the, the rules become the thing, right? Well, now we've got a little bit of that background. Let's see what is upsetting these Pharisees so much. What is Jesus and his, what are Jesus and his disciples doing? So in chapter 2 of Mark, beginning at verse 23, through the end of the chapter, we're going to, I'm going to walk over here. Go for it. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he, that is Jesus, said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Thank you. Well, you can hear how that's going to that's not going to go over well. I mean, you can just hear it, right? Um, and, and, it, and it didn't, okay? It doesn't go over well. It's just one more thing that the Pharisees are, are, are just tucking away to build a case uh, to, to try to get rid of Jesus. And this is early on. So they're walking through a field, which was legal and lawful, okay? You're fine to walk through a field, legal and lawful. Um, and it's, it's lawful. If you are walking through that field to pick heads of grain, as long as you don't put a sickle in, you're fine as you go through the field to sort of do your own little mini harvest as you're going. Um, Luke's account says that as they were walking, they were crushing them up to get, you know, basically getting rid of the chaff and, and eating. Okay, so that's why they're doing this um, as they're going along. And the Pharisees are there. Um, notice, why, why are they there? You know, you know there's, there's, there's an intent. They're trying to find things. 
They're just looking for stuff. And boy, they found it. Here they are on the Sabbath. They're working. You think, what? They're working? They're working. That was plucking the grain, even though it's lawful, was not lawful to harvest on the Sabbath. So they're harvesting. Now, there are a lot of rules keeping the Sabbath. Divided into 39 articles, and each of those is subdivided into six flavors, if you will, of those 39. And all sorts of things about you know, harvesting and what that looked like and what you could and couldn't do. And many, 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 many other rules. A lot, a lot of rules for keeping the Sabbath. So, it's, you know, and, and here they are, you know, not thinking, ah, oh, the day of rest and celebration and being called as God's people more. What's he going to do? And sure enough, they found it. And them harvesting. That sounds odd to us, but remember, they're... The Pharisees consider themselves, they're the self-appointed arbiters of making sure everybody keeps the rules. Every church has those. You know, you can, you, the more you're into church, and who, you know who those people are. All right, well, the Pharisees were those self-appointed people. So, they confront Jesus and the disciples. They confront them, see here! Or, hey, what, what are you doing on the Sabbath doing things that are unlawful? And here we have Jesus' response. And he responds by referring to Scripture. 1 Samuel 21, an episode in which David, uh, not yet king, having been anointed already as king, but not yet enthroned as king, with his band, does that all sound... Are you seeing what's going on here? In other words, Jesus is not just giving an example of how it's okay sometimes to break the rule. He's not just being cavalier about Sabbath rule breaking. This particular episode is a sign as well. He who has ears, let him hear. It's the King David with his band on the way to enthronement eventually. Also, did this. But what was the episode? Well, David's being pursued. He comes to uh, Nob, which is where the, where the sanctuary was at the time, and he asks for bread. The only bread that was available was, for he and his men, the only bread that was available was the bread of the presence, or showbread, the bread that represents the 12 tribes. There's 12 loaves made from the finest wheat, flour, and they are set before the holy place. And those 12 represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And they rest on this table before the holy place in the tabernacle all week. And the bread is changed on the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath then, the priests and only the priests are allowed to eat that bread. That bread is the bread of the presence. Uh, is basically the, the, a representation of the tribes of Israel before God's presence, sort of, you know, invited into God's presence in, in a meal-type thing, okay? So, there's a lot of significance there, but that's the bread that was given by the high priest to David and his men to eat. So, there's the example. Now, there is a, there is a little thing here that's caused a lot of uproar. 
and it has to do with history. We're told in verse 26 how he entered the house and got in the time of Abiathar, the high priest. Well, if you read in chapter 21, Abiathar is not the high priest at that time. It's his father, Ahimelech, is the high priest. So, what's the deal? Notice that, that, the Bible, that your scripture says, in the time of. Uh, there's been a lot of ink spilt, a lot of trees killed on trying to explain all this. Um, but most likely, it's just a general reference to either the time of, because it was right after that that Abiathar became the high priest, because Saul had some people come in and wipe out all the priests, um, and Abiathar survived. He's the only one. Um, but it can also be translated um, in, in the place. In other words, he, it might be Jesus is saying, haven't you read, meaning referring to scrolls, in the place in the scroll where you see about Abiathar in that place is where that, you'll find that. So it's not as if Jesus doesn't know his history or Mark. Um, it's, 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 it's one of those culturally wrapped up idioms that we kind of miss if we're not careful. So it's not actually a historical gaff, although there are many who will say, yeah, it is. Um, I prefer to think of it as more of Jesus saying, well, it, you know, where to look, where, where Abiathar is talked about, that. Well, all that to say, um, after he's given that example, he then drives it home, right? And then he said to them, look, guys, you're acting as if this, this great day, this day of rest, is the master, that we're here to serve that day. You've made up all your rules so that we have to serve that. He goes, no. The Sabbath, rather, was made for us. It's, it's for us. And not only that, the Son of Man, that's his reference to himself, is Lord even of the Sabbath. Meaning, you guys think you're the arbiter of the rules. I make the rules. Remember, and this is, starting, this is one of those things where you can't bring the old, you know, put the, the new wine in the old wine skin. This is some of that new wine, and it's just <laughs> blowing it up. And rightly so. Who does this guy think he is? That's their question, and, right, and you can see how this is not going to go over well. Now, this is not going to play well. Now, you know, we can draw a lot of conclusions about the Sabbath for this, about how we keep the Sabbath. Any more in our modern day and age, there's not much different about Sundays than any other day in the, in the culture at large. There used to be, right, blue laws and sort of a latent cultural Christianity where everything was shut down. All of you can remember where you just you didn't go anywhere. There was, nothing was open, and it was meant to be that way. Now you have holdouts like Chick-fil-A, right, who, who get, who, what, Hobby, Hobby Lobby, Lobby, right, I'm sorry, Las Palapas, yeah, there are some, some like that, um, kind of hearkening back to that, and if it's done for the sense of providing and observing this day that God has set aside, I think that's great. If it's done as sort of a way to earn merit, look at us, then I think that's just, that's just as bad. I mean, I don't think they are, by the way. Um, but you get the idea. Um, people, 
need trumps the rule. Oh, Trump, I shouldn't use that term right now. It's loaded too. Um, I don't even know where I was going, so I'll stop. Go for it. I think that Jesus would say a little bit more, perhaps. There were hyper-Pharisees, Pharisees of Pharisees, who believed that they kept every single one of their rules, which a lot of them were about the Sabbath. They would force God to send in the Messiah. And so what he's saying is, you're not the one who forces God to do things because the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath and even of keeping the Sabbath. And you can't force God to do Can't force things. God's hand. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Of course, we still try to do that today, right? You know, hey, look what I've done. I'm, I'm here, right? We're ticking off our boxes. Yeah, that's great. Well, what about healing on the Sabbath? Now, we're in a synagogue, too. Let's ramp it up a little. Now we're going to go to church and, and, and see what happens. So someone read aloud for us chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Definitely ramping up. How they might destroy him is the word how we usually will translate it. Some of your translations may have the word destroy at that point. So he's in the synagogue, and, you know, there's speculation. Was it the one in Capernaum? Where was it? Doesn't matter. He's in a synagogue. Uh, was he teaching? Or was it... He's in a synagogue, and there are Pharisees there. And notice, um, there, was all, there was a guy with a withered hand, but they were watching to see if he would heal him. Not if he could. They already assumed that, which is kind of, just think about that. You know this guy has, has cast out demons. He has healed. He has restored. He has, they know this about him. And, it's, and they're still, still not willing to think that God might be working in a way other than what we thought. So they're seeing not if, I mean, if he can, but if he's going to right here. Because that's what they want. They want to catch him in the act of doing that. Notice they've come to church. Now, again, it's not church, obviously. It's synagogue. But they've come to church not as worshipers, not as pupils, but as critics and as those who are just looking for someone to mess up. Now, there's more going on here than that, obviously, because we're talking about Jesus and his mission. But that's how a lot of people still go to church. 
They're, they're not there to... Uh, the worst sermon you can get something from, okay? There's something there. Um, but a lot of people just sit to be critics. And they go, uh-huh, what are they going to do now? How's this going to And that's bummer, right? Well, here they are in that very position. And here's this guy with a withered hand. And they, they're, they're put, starting to put it together here. Uh-huh, I see. Is he going to do this? Yeah, go for it. Question. Yeah. Would a guy with a withered hand be invited to be in the center of the synagogue? Or would he be deemed damaged goods who shouldn't be in the center? So maybe it was a trap? So that the Pharisees set this up? Perhaps. Yeah. You know, there is... Um, it's not in the canonical Gospels, but in one of the old pseudepigrapha, one of, the, one of the, the Gospels that is, you know, fragments of other Gospels, uh, the Gospel of the Hebrews, goes into a little more detail. doesn't bring up that, but does bring up that this guy uh, had come intent, perhaps, on seeing Jesus because he knew he could heal. He was a stonemason whose hand had been crushed and he was no longer able to work. Now... Again, that's all apocryphal stuff. But it, it, would I put it past Pharisees to set something up like that? No, I think that's, that's good staging. Yeah. Well, what happens? They're looking so they might accuse him, and he has this guy stand up right in the middle. Now that's... Everybody, here he is. And that's probably Jesus staging too. If they, ha- if they, let's say if the Pharisees brought him in to try to, this is Jesus that went up at him and said, let's put him right in the middle here. And then, then looks to them and says, all right, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or do harm? Save life or to kill? Now, that's a no answer question for them. Even the Pharisees aren't going to say, do harm and kill. I mean, it's not something they're going to say. That's why they don't say anything. Um, in other words, it's, of course it's right to do good and not harm all the other six days. Why would it be right to do good and not harm on the Sabbath? Of course it's right to save and not kill all the other six days. Why not on the Sabbath? Now, what's, what's at issue here? Well, healing had restrictions on it on the Sabbath. You could do good, but there were, there were rules about it. For humans, basically it was, you can do something so that, treat whatever the injury is so it's not worse, but you can't heal. Now, if a woman's in child, in, in labor, you can, you can help. Um, if, if someone has a throat infection, you can treat that. Um, if a wall falls, and crushes someone, you can work to clear the rubble to see if the person's alive or dead. And if the person's alive, you can treat them. But if they're dead, you gotta wait till after the Sabbath. Um, if you cut yourself, you can bandage it, but no ointment. Can't set bones. In other words, if it's life and death, like it's imminent right there, you can do something. But if it's not, then that's forbidden on the Sabbath. So again, it's this 
the burdensomeness of the rules themselves. And they know that. Jesus knows that. And therefore, here's the setup. So, he's asked, so he asked them. And there's another way you can read this. Is it, let me, tell me this. Do good or do harm? Save life or kill? Now they're there intent on getting dirt on Jesus, right? With the intent of eventually killing him, as we hear at the very end of the passage. So part of it is he's saying, all right, is it right to do good, which is what I'm about to do, or is it right to kill, which is what you're thinking about doing right now? Because for them to do good would be to not help the guy, which is to do harm as well. So they don't answer. But Jesus, I love Jesus' reaction, he looks right at them. He looks right at them, and notice we're told he looks at them with anger, indignation. He's not like most people. We get anger because, don't you know who I think I am? That's our anger. It's, it's, it's anger at all of the error of their ways and how they're not seeing what God is doing. They're being obtuse. In fact, he's balanced with that anger. He's grieved at their hardness of heart. Ah, Jesus, it's not just, it's, there's a grief there and thus anger as well. So he said, stretch out your hand. Doesn't touch him, doesn't do anything. Imagine that moment. And his hand is whole. Immediately his hand is whole. So the Pharisees walk away so happy for this guy that this has happened. No. They go out in a huff. You know? They just go out in a huff. I just can't believe that. Can you see... And not only that, they go out and plot with the Herodians on how they can destroy him. you got to really want to get rid of somebody when you're willing to go in cahoots with people you think are traitors and unclean, the Herodians. And experts in getting rid of people. And, of getting rid of people. <laughs> and the Herodians, of course, said, what would they have against Jesus? Well, you know, this, is, this movement's causing a stir. This is upsetting the status quo. This could lead to a revolution. So they have, you know, a dog in the hunt as well. But here you are as the Pharisees, willing to go in with them? And who's keeping the letter of the law? Here in the middle of the worship service, in the synagogue, plotting on how to kill, to destroy Jesus, all the while trying to trick him on a nuance of Sabbath law. Not that that has any implications for any of us. Of course, in, the, in, in Mark's narrative and Luke's narrative, as, as, as they're forwarding the story, we're, we're forwarding the story to show this conflict between what God is actually doing in restoring Israel, Israel and sending the Messiah and how he's establishing the kingdom versus their expectations of how this should go. And it's blowing it up. And of course, the common people, they're loving it. They're coming to him in droves. But the religious people, 
They don't like that. And it's, and we know we're still early, right? So there's more to come. Who does this guy think he is? Well, he's showing with each passing day more and more who he thinks he is. And more and more people will be confused about that, get it right, get it wrong, and there's a lot of stuff yet to come. Don't be doing that. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny how everyone you sneeze in public now, you're like, yeah. We do seem to be in a, such a con, yeah, contentious time of, of that very thing, of everyone seeming to be able to tell everybody else those things, and politically. Yeah, the cancel culture, right? Yeah, that's I mean, good. I mean, he heals someone. That's the amazing, right. wonderful miracle. And they seem just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I want to know this guy. I want to be his friend. I want to be with him. This is amazing. But they don't see that. Exactly. Yes. Right beside the one that says to keep the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, justification You know, of course, it reminds us of the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus, of course, is helping people to understand the nature of the commandments. That they're not just about keeping rules, it's about being certain sorts of people. Um, and so when he deals with, you've heard that it's said, you shall not murder, he says, but I say to you, you know, and then he, he expands on that. You start harboring hatred in your heart for someone. Uh, you've, you're, you're murdering. Yeah. Yes, sir. You think the Pharisees were upset because Jesus did not actually break their rules because he did not physically do anything in the healing? Yeah, he didn't actually apply ointment. He didn't. He just said. Mm-hmm. That would that would also get their goad that the, the trap cool. itself. Yeah, good. The the letter of the law. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Awesome. Oh, we're on our hard our hard stop. Let's, <laughs> we, here's our rule. <laughs> You've got to keep. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're calling the Herodians to come take care of us. All right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's pray. As always, Father, we're grateful for the time we get to share together around your word. Uh, thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides us in understanding and uh, 
and, and, and hearing what you want us to hear. Our prayer is that we would go out from here uh, being people not just who keep the Sabbath, but who uh, love people. Jesus seems to be putting people before the rules. Um, our prayer is that we go forth and do the same. In Christ's name, amen.